Good morning. <laughs> I always feel like uh, I need a mint when I get here, lest I wither this thing with my coffee breath. So nothing worse than listening to someone eat. So thought that I would crunch it up. I meant before I turned this on. So, Jesus, we just thank you this morning for your word to us, your love and your mercy, your goodness. God, we just pray that this morning you would bind the carnal mind, that you would bind the emotions, that you would bind the flesh. Lord Jesus, we are looking to you as the author and the finisher of our faith. And what I pray today is that our hearts would be open to receive your word. God, for you to plant it in us. Lord God, and to to have it come forth. Lord God, we want to be uh, having it. We want to have Your Word grafted into us, Lord Jesus. God, and I pray that uh, <clears throat> that we would allow that cutting to take place and that grafting to take place. God, and and to uh, nourish that that graft, Lord God, so that it might uh, live and produce much fruit. God, we just pray it in Your righteous holy name. And I just pray that you would um, just channel my thoughts this morning, God, and say exactly what you want to say. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. amen. So, it's precious to belong to the family of God, to to be in the house of God. Um, We were talking with the kids Friday night about um, being that dwelling place for Him. And uh, you know, how he said that if that I stand at the heart's door and knock, and that if any man open to me, I'll come in and, and make my bow with him. And I kept thinking about Psalm 90 and how he says, that, Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. And so it's precious how he lives in us and we live in him. And I, that's, that's a lot like a family. A little more harmonious with him, I think, than it is with maybe our families. <laughs> Laughing too loud there, Bob. Um. <laughs> now, I was listening to this song a while back that uh, uh, called the Donnie Brook Affair that uh, just has all these different words for a fight and uh, and how it was a, uh, a ruckus to be reckoned with. And I was like, I've been to some family gatherings like that. <laughs> So, um, yep, the coats come off and the gloves go on. But, um, um, but it's precious to to dwell in Him and to to have that um, that that love that He is live inside of us because it really changes us from the inside and it changes who we are and it changes how we do things. Uh, go with me to John 15. So I basically just uh, just stole what Jesus said here and said it just now. So I'm going to read it to you. In verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. 
That's fun. We all like the, the purging thing, right? <laughs> like, God, I was so fruitful and so productive, and now I'm just a big loser. And, and everything sucks in my life. And, and then you find out, well, he's, he's purging me that I could bring forth more fruit. Um, you know, when you, uh, you know, they, they, they prune the, uh, the fruit trees and things like that so that they, they produce more and better fruit. You know, a bigger tree doesn't necessarily mean more fruit. Uh, so, um, nothing quite like being purged. A lot of fun. He says, and now you're clean through the word that is spoken to you. And that's encouraging. Nothing like, um, you know, hearing the things that he has to say and that, that cleansing effect that it has on us. And of course, in Ephesians 5, he talks about the, uh, the washing of the water by the word. And um, I don't know about you, but there's been plenty of times where I, I came stumbling in here, just just felt like I needed a bath, you know. Not like I necessarily had some terrible thing going on in my life. I was just discouraged and just, ugh, you know. And you know, I've tried to teach my kids that you know you should take a, a, a shower at least once a week, whether you need one or not. So uh, sometimes you just need a shower. So so it's precious though because he says now you're clean through the word that I've spoken to you. And there's been many a times where I heard the things that he had to say, and, and I went away feeling better about life. Uh, even if I didn't like what he had to say, I was glad to hear it. We've we've all been there, I think. Uh, there's nothing like getting an answer from God. It's maybe not the answer you were hoping for, but but when we when we receive those things He says to us, it really yields that peaceful fruit. So He says, "Abide in Me, and I in you." As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abides in the vine, no more can you except you abide in Me. So now He has this. So he's been talking about bearing fruit. Now he says that you can't bear fruit if you don't abide in me. And, and so abiding has has with it this um, this choice because you have to you have to want to stay there. You have to decide to stay there. Yeah. And um, um, you know, to me, it makes me think of uh, of a marriage. You know, not every day is super exciting. And not every day is um, is is this great and glorious thing that you were dreaming of when you were a child standing there at the altar. But um, but there are there are those days. But there are plenty of other days that are just it's Tuesday and kids are driving you crazy and you know you stumble in from work and and the kids are driving. Your wife crazy, the driving you crazy. Dinner is like just now. It's like, what are we having for dinner? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, but you know, that's not where you just say, well, fine, and just you know, get back in the car and drive away and never come back. <laughs> you know, tempting though it may be. Um, <laughs> I've never been tempted to do that. No, no. Usually at that point it's like, all right, everybody, stop. Okay, we're going out for Chinese. 
Yay! And springtime returns to Narnia. Yep. Then your wife is especially excited. But see, you got to pick something that she she doesn't necessarily make. You know, it's like Ron always says, like, Rachel makes everything so well. It's like, well, I don't really want to go out. Yours is better. I mean, you can't make good Chinese food at home. And if you think you can, then we'll talk about that later. But um, I just don't, I don't know. I never have had any success at it. But uh, anyway, but that sense of abiding, you decide you're going to stay, right? It's like, okay, well, so today is just today. And and today doesn't define my entire life. Today doesn't define my relationship with God. Today is just today. And so the choice that I'm making is I'm going to stay here with Him. And I'm going to trust Him that, that His work is going to get accomplished in my life. That, that I'm, I'm in the house. He is my dwelling place and I'm His dwelling place. So He says, I'm the vine. Verse 5, and you are the branches. And I can't read that without thinking of Keith Green. And the song where it says, uh, uh, He is divine and you are de branch. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Good old Keith. Uh, he that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So that fruit then comes with abiding in him with letting Him do those things in your life and, and, and staying near to Him. And it's interesting because you, you know, you'd think you could just, if I could just figure out which muscle to flex, I could, fruit! You know, and it doesn't, I don't think fruit is a verb necessarily, but I guess it could be. But, <laughs> sorry, I'm tired this morning. Um, but uh, he says, you know, you can't bring forth fruit without me. You know? And um, it's like, again, if I could go back to the uh, illustration of it being like a marriage, you can't have kids with just one of you. So my, uh, my kids are still trying to figure that out. I keep giving them these somewhat vague answers. And... Uh, that's an interesting topic. It comes up from time to time. But uh, anyway, um, but so you need him to bear fruit. The, and uh, you know what, what Paul say? He said that in in my flesh dwells no good thing. So um, you know, even if you are really super cool, you still you need him you know, because in your flesh dwells no good thing. So he says that if a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you. So that's precious. Because as you, as you, uh, I don't know, when I was a teenager, to me this was kind of a, like the, the guinea clause, you know. It's like I can, like if I abide in him, I can, I can ask for the Mustang like Ron did, and, and it's like it should be given unto me, you know. But um, the the more mature you become in this relationship with him, and the closer you draw to him, then the more you realize, you know, actually the if I could use a, an old cliche, the best things in life aren't things. And and, and so, like you know, God, actually, what what I really 
want is is that bear fruit. I want to be close to you. I want to have your life come out of me. And uh, and so he's saying, if you abide in me, you ask what you will, it's gonna it's gonna happen for you. And uh, and and he says, abide in me, and my words abide in you. So uh, it's like it's like downloading a GPS into your brain. You know, it's like you don't uh, you don't have to know. Uh, all the steps you just need to know. It's like I've got, I put His Word in me, and it and it gives me direction for life. It's like, well, you're going to go this way. This is the thing that we're going to do. And that's what the voice of God does as we draw close to Him. But it starts with putting His Word inside of us. He says, "Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, and so shall you be my disciples." As the Father has loved me. So I have loved you. Continue ye in my love. And of course, that's that's agape there every time. And uh, so he gives us this standard then uh, about about that love. He says that um, you know, like I've loved you like the Father loved me, and so I want you to continue in that love. Do love that same kind of way. And that's a precious thing because that's not really a love that is naturally occurring in us. You know, this 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 word agape. This is a love that um, that it always uh, the love of God is always referred to with this word. You know, this is the word that Jesus used with Peter uh, when he said, "Do you love me?" And and Peter was was so upset because he was too honest with himself and with Jesus to tell him, oh, yeah, totally. Yep, yep, I got pay you right back. He, he, he already tried that. And, and eventually, um, and, and I'm sure you all know this, but of, of course eventually Jesus dumbs it down because Peter keeps coming back with, yes, I, I feel us. Love you. I love you like with that brotherly love. I, I love you a lot. But uh, and eventually, of course, Jesus dumbs it down to that place. He's like, "Okay, well, do you do you love me like that?" He's like, "Well, of course, you know I do." So, but what he's talking about here is is he says to continue in my love. So let's let's take this love that, that I've loved you with, this love you've seen in me, and let's let's carry that carry that on. Oh goodness, that was how I felt this morning when I woke up. Even more so tomorrow. Let's see. Where was I? Okay, first nine. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue, ye in my love. If you love, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. So He keeps giving you these little. I don't want to say steps. Necessarily, um, of, of this is how you do this as more like to me these are more like indicators that that you're in this place where he's where he he's talking about if if, if you're uh, if you're abiding in his word you know if you're if your mind is is set on the word of God and you're putting his word in you and if you're keeping his commandments then then uh, it says if you keep my commandments you shall abide in my love. Um, you know, and he's not saying that 
if you don't keep my commandments, I don't love you, or I won't love you. That's not what he's saying. But um, but it's like a way that we, we show love to him by just obeying the things that he would have us to do. And so he says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. I like that, because he's talking about loving one another, and, you know, occasionally, people can be difficult. But, you know, for the most part, you know, I, I don't know, I always hear the stories that people tell about how difficult it is to live with people or to live at someone's house, or have someone live with you and all that. And I, I don't identify with that. I've lived with people. I had a great time. I've had people live with me. I had a great time. I think they had a great time, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, and... Um, you know, of course, of course, God wants us to extend that love to the lost as well. But, but He said that you know uh, that that we should do good to all men, but especially those to, in the household faith. You know, and and I was I was reading that yesterday, and I was thinking, you know, how how hard is it to love the, the people in the body? It's really not that hard. You know, they they're all really cool, and and they. You know, they have the same goals I have. They have the same father I have. We all live in the same house, more or less. This is great. And uh, um, but it's interesting because because uh, he ties this keeping his commandments in with joy. You know, because when you when you know that you're doing the things that that you should be doing, there does come this peace with it. It's not that you're justified by doing right things. But uh, it is indeed God's expectation that, that we that we uh, have right actions in our life, and uh, I've always been uh, I've always seen in my own life the uh, you know you feel a lot better doing the things that God wants you to do than you do trying to weasel out of it or make excuses why you're not doing it or or whatever. Uh, so then in verse 12 he says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And I read this yesterday and I was like, See, that's just awesome. I mean, how hard is that, right? You know? But he does have this qualifier there. not Because um, he, he's not saying, uh, Love one another and be nice. That's kind of like the, the desperate plea at my house. I, I literally walked away from two of my children for five seconds this morning, and immediately there was like raised voices and and arguing. What? Like I don't know. Sometimes I feel like Reginald Benny everywhere I go. Can't we all just get along? But um, you guys are all old enough to remember that. That makes me feel better. Um, but uh, but he says to love one another as I have loved you. And that's different. That that's not so much the uh, uh, you know smile and nod and and all that, but but the sense of the love that that Jesus loved with took him to the cross. And it took him beyond where he wanted to be, doing what he wanted to do, 
to do the thing that God told him to do and to do the thing that we needed. And that's, that's what this, this word agape is really all about. And so, uh, it's, uh, disconcerting sometimes how Jesus cuts to the heart of the matter and, you know, you're, you're kind of agreeing along with him like, yeah, this is great, this is wonderful. And then he says something that is profound enough that when you really get what he's saying, you just think, oh, I, I can't do that. It's like, like Matthew 5 starts out with so encouraging. And the whole thing is encouraging, but, but, um, you, I don't know, you think you're doing well. It's like, oh, I got this. I got this. And then bit by bit, he, he just picks out these things. It's like, well, what about this? Well, what about this? And, and eventually he says, be therefore perfect. And anybody that's honest with himself would have to admit, okay, well, I would need you to do that then, because I that I don't I can't do that by myself. I mean I I think I could make a good run at it and not get anywhere close, but um, um so so then he has this commandment then though of of loving one another, and that's a precious thing because uh, you know. Uh, I have had um, I've had my children really royally, royally upset me. Uh, and uh, going back to the song about the ruckus to be reckoned with, you know, it's like if they were an adult, we would have come to blows. But um, but a part of that love is forgiveness, because. As cool as we all are, as great as we all are, at some point, I probably have got on your nerves, especially those of you who spend time with me. And <laughs> that's because we don't hang out, Mike. <laughs> no. No, you should talk to Mike and find out how irritating I really am. But, but no. But so... You know, that's the thing. When I was a kid, I was an only child, and I would go and spend the night with my cousins or with one of my friends or something, and by, like, I don't know, 10 o'clock in the morning, the next, the morning after I, I'd slept there, it's like, I want to go home now. I've had enough. It's like, I, I need to go home while this friendship is still intact, you know, and um, <laughs> laughing way too hard, because <laughs> I spent the night at Mike's house a lot growing up. But, uh, you know, and a lot of that was my own immaturity. But, I mean, the thing is, is, um, you know, when you spend time with people, you know, iron sharpens iron. And, and so we, we will get on each other's nerves from time to time, and that is life. But with that, is, uh, over all that, um, is this commandment, love one another as I love you. And so, with that is a sense of well, okay, you know, like I, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I can, I can forgive all the stuff because I love you, you know. Like I said, my kids have really, really made me angry before, but I love them enough that I was willing to just let it go. You know, it's like okay, well, my bad. Let's let's just move on. And there's something about the love of a kid that is so unpretentious. That that they just they come and they just they just love you to bits, 
you know. And I know all kids are different, but I, I keep waiting for the day when Jeremy gets too old to, to just come over and just hug me no matter where we are. Doesn't care who's around. And, uh, you know, he, and he has this little smile. And, and he's just like, I don't know, he's just the loveliest little guy. Uh, and actually, like last year, I remember Cynthia said she would take them to school and they would be running up the sidewalk. And, and he's like turning around, waving, runs, turns around and waves. Then smack Levi, and Levi's like, <laughs> so it's like say goodbye to your mom. Jeez. Yeah. No. Hopefully he doesn't outgrow that. But I don't know. It'd be. I don't know. I always wanted to be that dad that could uh, drop him off at school, and and uh, and uh, the kids would just be like, oh my gosh. just once in a while for fun. Most of the time, they'd be like, "Why, Dad, love you." Okay. So, I used to, I used to walk Levi to his classroom when he was in uh, preschool, uh, and uh, every day I would take him to school. I'd sign in at the office. I'd walk him back to his classroom, and you know, walking down this hallway full of people, and he would just always walk staring straight ahead. <laughs> and I'd be like, "All right, Levi, are you ready? You ready for the awesomeness?"y of today, like, yeah. Are you ready to make your sacrifice upon the altar of knowledge? Like, yeah. <laughs> if there weren't too many people around, I'd turn around and kind of be like, so, are you ready for this? And, yeah. <laughs> so, maybe that's why you didn't want to wave at Cynthia, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't think she's quite as embarrassing as I am, but uh, anyway. So, um, it's no wonder Jesus said to, to become as, as children. Because children are so quick to just let stuff go. You know, I mean, they might blow up at you and start shouting, but then they it's like a gas fire. It's like it blows out and then it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry, my bad. And then... And and kids are just like, no, ah, that's cool, that's cool. At least I know little boys are like that. I've, I've heard stories about girls that make me nervous, but but uh, but loving one another is a precious thing. And uh, and so he says, um, greater love has no man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends, because of course that's what he did for us. And so. So he sets the standard that's not quite as comfortable as just getting along with people, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, but the great thing is, is as that love grows uh, of God grows in you, and you abide in that love, it really mitigates the sense of cost that comes with loving at that level, because it's it's like uh, it's like children, it's like a marriage. It's like well, you know, it's like yeah, this is difficult, but it's you know the, the the love far outweighs the the cost, so no big deal. He says, "And you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you." Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what his lord does. But I've called you friends, for all things that I've heard of my Father I've made known to you. And you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain. And whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name. He may give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. So that's precious. 
because he doesn't he doesn't keep you at a distance. He doesn't say, you know, I, I'm the I'm the captain here, and you guys all get along. You know, he he gives this example of, of the kind of love that he's talking about, and and then he he's like, I'm gonna let you in on what I'm doing here, and and you guys are my friends, and you know when you when you have really good friends, um, the uh, you you get to know them in a way that you don't know other people, and and. Uh, um, Sarah has this great little magnet on her fridge that Cynthia got her that said, we'll always be friends because you know too much. <laughs> so, so, and it's true, but we are, uh, you know, we have those friends in our life, you know, and, and Jesus is that, that friend that sticks closer than a brother. And so as we abide in him, then we, we get to know him like that, and, uh, and, he, and he really does become a friend. But he says here also that I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And, of course, as you read down through the, the, the gifts of the Spirit in, uh, in Galatians 5, uh, the first one is love. And, and uh, uh, somebody, I want to say it was Andrew Murray, maybe talked about how all those gifts are, are love in a different aspect. Is it G. Campbell Morgan? Okay. And... Uh, See, I need I need to get caught up on my mortgage. It's been a long time, but uh, I keep I keep thinking I just need to make a time machine where I could just kind of make everything stop and I could have some free time. But uh, um, anyway, uh, so he but he's so he's chosen us then and ordained us for this to happen in our life. And so really, then the 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 part for us is the is the the cho- choice making, the choosing. So I'm going to choose then to abide in Him, and and let Him do in my life those things that would that would do this. And sometimes that requires a bit of of cutting, and and that kind of thing. But uh, but it's a precious thing. Um, you know, it, it's like having a it's like needing surgery. You really don't want to go get surgery. I don't know anybody that's like woohoo surgery time. But if you if you have something that you need fixed bad enough, then it's, you know I'm, okay I'm I'm down with whatever. I, I had to have a, a minor outpatient surgery that I was really not looking forward to once, and um, but my my goal on the other side of it of not not having those issues anymore was more than worth it. So I thought okay I can sit through you know an uncomfortable half hour or whatever at the hospital. And, and go home and be miserable for a couple of days. It will be well worth it. So um, go with me just real briefly over to Galatians 5. I want to wrap up with that. So in 5, you know, in Galatians, he's, he talks a lot about how he would go around to deal with, with these churches and... And the, these Jews would follow him around, tearing up everything that he did, and, uh, and and bringing confusion on these people. That well, actually, you know, you you still have to be circumcised. You still have to keep the law of Moses and and all this stuff. And uh, and so this whole book is he is this case against that 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 you're justified by faith and that that 
that uh, that those things don't don't really make that much difference. So I'm gonna I may as well start at one. Uh, Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I don't like that because that has such a broad application to so many things. I mean, he's talking specifically here about um, about the difference between uh, justification by works and, and by grace. But I mean, haven't, haven't you like had a lot of Sundays where you left here and you just felt just unentangled of everything that you were tangled in when you showed up, and then and then Monday morning happens. And and you feel like you're going to be all tangled up again and stuff. It's like trying to walk through a, a kid's room with clothes all over the floor, and you get tangled in it. Um, but uh, so it's, it's great because God he he makes things so plain and, and sets things right, and then uh, we have this adversary of the soul that always wants to complicate everything, and and life happens to us. And, and it feels like we're going to be all tangled up again. So he says to stand fast in the liberty where we've got Christ has made us free and be not tangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you be circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect to you, whosoever you, of you are justified by the law, you're fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith, which works by love. It's precious because that, that because faith does work that way. When, when you, you know, faith and love are really inextricably linked together. When you have a relationship with somebody that you love, you have to have faith in them that, that you could trust them, that, that they're not going to, you know, throw your heart down the garbage disposal and hand it back to you in a bucket, you know. And so, if if they gave it back to you at all, but um, our our faith in God does work that way, and and He because He draws us to Him with that love. He says, "You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth?" Because of course these guys are getting all tangled up in in these doctrinal things. And he says, "This persuasion comes not of you that comes not of Him that calls you." So, I mean, and I love that because he just summed up a ton of what he says all through the New Testament. He's like, look, I didn't tell you. If I didn't tell you, then, then, then that's not, that's not the truth. If, if the thing, if this doesn't match up with what, what God sent me to tell you before, then it's not God. And, and we all deal with those things that, it's like, wow, well that isn't God. Remember Ron told this story of, uh, this guy that, uh, um, had this dream that he was tearing up Ron's pulpit. And so he thought that God was telling him to tear up Ron's pulpit in the middle of a service. And so he had this really nice little pulpit. I think he said Gary made it for him. And he just comes up in the middle of church and just, just tears the thing to pieces in front of everybody. And, you know, I mean, I'm thinking I, I'd be ready to call down fire out of heaven and consume them. And, <laughs> and, and Ron said, well, well, that wasn't God, and just carried his Bible through the rest of the service and went on, you know. But um, so it's funny because we 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 get these thoughts, these impulses, this input from 
any number of sources. And the source is really not that important most of the time. It really doesn't make any difference. If it isn't God, then it kind of all goes down the same chute, doesn't it? So uh, it says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So it doesn't uh, it doesn't take a whole lot of uh, of those, those things that are are untrue. Those those things that would tear up your faith if, if it's allowed to fester in there. If you've ever had a hangnail, it's a tiny little thing. But if it gets infected, you are going to be miserable. And so it doesn't take much for a, a little thing to really cause you a lot of grief. He says, I have confidence in you through the Lord that you'll be none otherwise minded. But that, and, but that he that troubles you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would they were even cut off, which trouble you. So we get into these places where we have this input that uh, that tries to make us otherwise minded, where it's like you know that tries to take out that sense of unity, because uh, unity is a really important thing, you know. And when you you have to work together, I remember when we were building Bobby and Lori's house, uh, we built this tremendously, tremendously heavy wall all down the entire front of the house. And and it was two by sixes rather than two by fours. Great idea. Really heavy. And I remember on this cold, wet, unpleasant day, we were all out there and we were all uh, grunting and straining. And I may have said a few uh, curse words under my breath as we, <laughs> being honest, uh, while we tried to, to stand this ridiculously heavy thing up, but we all had to work together. If you were picking it up before, trying to you know, crank on that thing before anybody else was working with you, you're not going to move it. And, and if, if you're standing there picking your nose while everybody else is, is straining and pushing on this thing, <laughs> then you're not working with everybody. And, and, so everybody else then is is having to work that much harder to to and and may not reach the goal with without without that that extra oomph that 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 you could provide. So so unity is a really important thing, and so this this otherwise minded thing is is can really be trouble because because the enemy likes to come in and do that kind of divisive otherwise minded things like oh well you know they they did this because whatever and, and like oh they they looked at you funny they must not like you or they they know something dreadful about you you know and uh, I mean, I'm just drawing back on my experience of all these things that I've heard <laughs> these things that I've experienced and uh, um, you know and but it's all just garbage and it, and it's all meant to it's that concision that he talked about. It's all meant to tear up the body of Christ. Uh, so he says, um, here in 13, he says, For brethren, you've been called to liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And I like how he he describes it that way because... The way that we love ourselves and take care of ourselves typically is is fairly close to this kind of agape thing because we like to take care of precious. At least I sure do. 
And uh, so, but it gives you a good measuring stick, doesn't it? Like, to love other people the way that uh, that that we that we love ourselves. You know, maybe, maybe you don't like yourself. Maybe you hate yourself and think that you're terrible. We should talk about that later because that's not good. But um, it, I think it's precious that it gives us that because you know it's easy to miss misinterpret it's like well so love one another as as uh as he loved us okay well, that's cool and and I, and I get that and I know what he did and I understand that but it's hard to identify with it's hard to to put that into terms that make sense to me so then he says to love your neighbor as yourself and that's that's a really precious thing because it's like well I I take care of myself pretty good when I can but uh, uh, so he says, um, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. And that's a really interesting thing because it goes back to that sense of we all live in the house and sometimes you just need your space and you want people to need me known. And, um, and it's interesting that he says this because he, he's kind of assuming uh, that, that there will be some... some uh, some biting and devouring. Uh, and actually, this is the only place that this word bite even occurs. And it literally means to bite. But in classical Greek, they used it as like a, like a backstabbing, uh, like a, something meant to wound people. And, um, and so he says, so if you're going to do that, then take heed that you be not consumed one of another because you can use somebody totally up. You know, when you, when you have... Because if you think about uh, love like 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 a bank account, you know, I'm sure you've all heard that before. But it's not just with the the one and only person you're with. It's it's something you deal with with everybody, and and you can make deposits and you can take withdrawals. But when you if you are continually taking withdrawals by biting and devouring, eventually you will consume your bank account. Maybe we should talk to the government about that. So, you know, you can't keep spending money you don't have. Eventually, there will be nothing left. That's okay. We'll just make more money. We'll print it. It's like going to Toys R Us and they have like the little fake money for the cash register. Like before you know it, they're going to be passing that out in circulation. <laughs> like yeah, it's about the same. Okay. Um. But he says, take, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. So, so there's the sense in, in the relationships that we have with everybody of putting into the relationship as well as, as receiving from the relationship. Um, but just like a bank, um, you, you, you want to keep it in the positive. You want to be putting in more than you're taking out because otherwise you're going to run out. And that's this consuming that he's talking about. So... So it's precious that he that he talks about loving one another that way because uh, in John 13 Jesus said that uh, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples by the love that you have one toward another and so when you when you have the the love of God in you then you really do seem different to people and the, and the way that you treat the people around you is different and uh, um, when when you are in unity with the people around you, um, the, in the body, people can see it. 
I used we used to have I, uh, when I worked with Kevin, there was this uh, lady that was working. Uh, I don't know near us. I don't remember what she was doing. She was cleaning or something, and uh, and she came by and she was kind of chuckling, and I, I was like, "What?" He's like, oh, you guys are just so funny. Everything you say, the other one's like, yeah, I know, totally, right? Yeah, it's like you guys just agree about everything. And? It's like, wouldn't that be, isn't that better than, yeah, well, you're dumb, my way's better, or, or it's like, it's like I, I like mac and cheese, well, I don't, you know, like, who cares? So, um, but but people can see the difference when when you have that real love and unity um, uh, working in your life, and it really uh, it really makes a difference to to the people around us. Jesus, we just thank you for your word, and uh, we just pray that you would do in us these very things that you're talking about. You know, we we want that love uh, in us. God, I'm not satisfied with the the amount of love that I could see in me. And God, what I pray is that you would just draw me nearer to you, God, to abide in you, to put your word in me, God, to keep your commandments, God, and, and let that love have a wider channel in me to, to flow to the people around me, God, that your presence would do in me what only you can do. God, and that's my prayer for every person in this place. God, we want to have that uh, love one for another. God, that we might uh, be uh, pleasing in your sight. God, no, no parent is uh, satisfied with their, their children uh, bickering and complaining, God. And, and when our children uh, treat each other with uh, love and, and respect and, and deference, God, it's a, it's a blessing to us as parents, God. And I pray that you would put that very thing in us, God, to do those very things. Uh, God, that your uh, anointing presence, God, would soften every heart in this place. God, that we would receive from you today exactly uh, what you would say to us. God, that your presence would touch us, move in us, and through us. God, to do those very things that only you can do. God, you know every need that will be in this place today. And you are that great meter of needs. And we just lift them up to you. God, now if our sense of expectation uh, is... Uh, somehow dampened this morning. God, if we've come simply because it's Sunday morning, and remind us, God, of the things that we need and raise our sense of expectation to really receive something from You. God, because You're going to be in this place today. Uh, God, and whenever You come, God, You, you come bearing those gifts, God, and we want to, we want to get out there and, and, and get those things that You've brought for us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.